both Grinder and Arby's claim to have the meats. <laughs> And welcome to my favorite show of the week as uh, Chris and I go through our Freeform Friday edition of Unscripted here on our little program, episode number 439. You know the routine. Chris goes on to our Twitter page, finds what people are talking about, whatever he finds interesting. He introduces it. We bounce back and forth on it and move on to the next topic. It's a nice, easy, breezy way to end the week. And uh, having said that, I pass the microphone over to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Fluke. Thanks, Mike. So I was going through Twitter looking for... Florida headlines, you know they often Florida? have. Florida, like, yeah, you all, you know they often have like Florida man does oh, something yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. because Florida man enters a Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and I've I've read before it's partly because in Florida, not only because it's hot and people are outside and don't have anything to and do hillbillies. Yeah, and hillbillies. Uh, part of it is due to that, but part of it is also due to the publishing laws. I think you're allowed to publish more about what somebody did or something it's easier oh, really yeah like that's why florida you see more headlines from there because i'm sure there's lots of stuff like this in alabama and mississippi too but you know they uh, they get more because just something about what you're allowed to publish in certain situations i've, I've heard anyway right so i found this uh, twitter account at florida crazy and uh, i found three headlines to go over here so this one it's a picture of a sign at First United Methodist Church, and I am, shall we say, non-religious. That's an extreme understatement. <laughs> and uh, but I, what I always did like growing up is uh, in in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, where I grew up, there was a church, at least one. There might have been two or three, even. You know, they have the signs out front to try to draw you in, yep. and they'll put some comedy on there. That's yep. kind of funny. It's like right. And uh, I'm like, there's some clever stuff on some of those, but I like this one. So this is in Florida. The sign outside uh, this church says. Too hot to keep changing sign. Sin bad, Jesus good, details inside. <laughs> so don't waste my time. Just come in and get your your uh, soul cleansed, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 there are some wonderful signs on, on church signs as a way to, a way to attract you in. And, and, uh, but I'm like you. I'm not a, I'm a believer in a Holy Spirit. But will the Holy Spirit see me there on Sunday morning? Probably not. <laughs> no. no. Probably not. No. It interferes with Packer kickoff time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what a bad time for church. Bad time. Uh, okay, so uh, we, Mike and I went out for lunch today yep. for sushi, and we were talking about, um, you know, the importance of when you grow up and, you know, ha- going to some keg parties and having a good time and cutting loose. Uh, I don't know if Mike meant to cut this loose, though. So, uh, Olivia, if you're listening, we're not recommending you to go to a party like this right. one because at this one... San Francisco police interrupt sex party involving midgets, emus, and a fountain of sperm. 71 arrests. Oh, no, I don't want Olivia at that one. Um, I, you know what? Um, I have had my potential future son-in-law at my home the last seven days. He came from British Columbia, and, and uh, he and my daughter met out in Kamloops, British Columbia, and uh, they seem to be a big-ticket item. And, and uh, But it's just... it's. You know, it, it's my first daughter, and um, it's a little bit different to see your first daughter in a committed relationship, and and you're always worried about that. And 
But I, I do, I'm, I must say this about Tyler Cousineau. He's a fine young man. He just graduated from Thompson River University out there in Kamloops. So congratulations to him. Um, he's told me his grandiose plan. I like the grandiose plan. I hope that he follows through with the grandiose plan. But, you know, as a father, um, especially with daughters, you just want to make sure that they're treated properly. And that's one thing I don't have any reservation about in regard uh, to my potential future son-in-law. Um, but, you know, again, it's just um, a father with concern. And um, I just really, truly hope the best for both of them. Sounds good. And the final uh, headline I've got from this Twitter account here <laughs> shows a picture of, a, of an older fellow named Earl Stevens who was arrested for DUI. And it says, Florida man claims he only drank at stoplights and not while driving. <laughs> and then so then the Twitter account says, oh, well, in that case, you're free to go, sir. Yeah. Well, um, unfortunately, I know people that have had DUIs assigned to them, and it's no fault of their own. Uh, it is the fault of their own, I should say. I don't want to make light of the situation. Um, but let me tell you, folks. People that a majority of people that uh, unfortunately go through this and uh, have a DUI on their record. I just want it to be made stated that a lot of these people, most of these people, are very good people that made a mistake. And I think uh, I'm not generalizing everybody, but I think most of us over the age of 25 or maybe even earlier than that have gotten into a car where they've been impaired. And uh, they luckily made it home. And, um, but I, I just think, and I understand where mothers against drunk driving are coming from. I get that. I understand that. And I appreciate the efforts. But ultimately, a lot of people that get DUIs assigned to them um, get, there's a black cloud. And um, again, a lot of these people are good people that made a mistake and got behind a wheel at the wrong time. If it continues to happen, then we've got a problem and there should be no sympathy. But if a person takes the DUI and makes restitution, they lose their license, insurance costs goes up. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, an whole pro, it's, a, it's a, a huge ordeal. But don't necessarily write a person off because they've had a DUI. Again, they made a mistake. A lot of people make mistakes and they, and they rectify those mistakes as long as it doesn't happen again. If you have a guy that a guy or a girl that that has a DUI, um, you know, talk to them about it, see what the problem was, make sure that they haven't had any reoccurrences of it, and you move on. Because even though this these people make these mistakes, they aren't bad people. They had a they had a lack of judgment and they made a bad decision at the wrong time and they paid a very heavy penalty for it. But again. I just think that because they make a mistake, everybody makes mistakes. CEOs of companies make mistakes. CEOs of whatever make mistakes. Uh, every, everybody in, in society makes mistakes. Let's cut these folks a little slack. I mean, they have paid a heavy price. They have, uh, if, they, if they've learned anything, they know that they've made a mistake and they've rectified it. Let's move on. Barstool Bets at Barstool Bets. 
Fallon Sherrick wins the Darts World Championship as the first woman to beat a man. She was plus 600 to bring home the title. I've always said this. I understand if people don't want to see women in the NFL and having men having to hit them and everything. But I have always said, and I've been very consistent in this in my whole life, I've always said I don't understand why uh, men and women have to be separated in terms of darts, billiards, things like this. Sure. I, I don't know what advantage a man is supposed to have over a woman at darts or billiards. It's not like you have to hit the other person to win these things. I mean, I understand if, you know, the women want to have their own championship and, you know, they're against these men that have, you know, that have just been playing longer or something like that. That's fine. But if a woman can go in there and beat a man at darts, I don't see any problem with letting her compete at that. And here she won. She won the world championship. She's the best darts player in the world. If uh, Assuming this does look like where the top guys usually play. It looks like that same bar arena thing that I always see on TV. Yeah, and the crowd's going crazy there. But uh, your thoughts on a woman winning the darts world championship? Congratulations to her. Um, I have no issue with women being able to play any kind of competitive thing at the highest level, as long as there isn't physicality involved. I don't think it's fair, and I think it's ludicrous when people say that there are some women hockey players that could play at the National Hockey League level. No, they cannot. I'm sorry. If I'm a sexist, a racist, a pig, so be it. I can live with that. I also don't think that there should be a woman playing in the National Football League, even though that the kicker that uh, was on the U.S. Soc women's soccer team, and she was at Eagles practice and kicked a 55-yarder. Um, but you know what? We'd all feel really bad if one of these 300-pound uh, defensive linemen broke through and you know nailed this woman into next week, and then who's at fault? Um, I think that women compete. I mean, we've seen Danica Patrick compete at the highest level of car racing. Anybody can sit there and drive. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. You got an Innie or an Audi, I don't care. But I don't believe there's a place for women in physical contact sports. I don't, I, I don't care if the women are fighting against each other in, in arenas like UFC, MMA, and stuff like that, but I would never want to see a GSP against a woman. I, I just I don't want to see that. Um, I don't want to see a woman playing wide receiver on a football team. I don't want to see... I, I just, I'm, I'm too afraid of the physical problems that that woman could endure. And and that's all I'm saying. And again, if I'm a sexist and a, and a whatever, whatever, so be it. Make sure you get the name right. It's M-I-K-E, Mike. Um, Chris is much more forward-thinking about this than I am. But again, uh, darts, golf, I can see, I can see someday in, in, in my lifetime a woman competing in a men's golf tournament as long as they... Move the tees up. You can't not have a man and a woman. You couldn't have Brooks Kepka, and who's the 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 good golfer from Canada, uh, woman golfer, that won a big turn. She's from Saskatchewan. Anyway, you couldn't have her compete at the men's level if they're both teeing off from the black tees. Brooks Kepka is going to be kicking your ass, and he's going to beat you anyway. But I'm just feeling a woman can compete as long as they as long as they move the the tee boxes up to accommodate the shorter hitting women so they can at least have a, a fair chance at competing. But in physical sports, I draw the line there in regard to a man taking on a woman. I just don't think it ends well. 
And again, I just, I'm old school. I've got gray hair. I'm 55. I get into movies cheaper now. I get into Denny's for senior discount. But my God, I'm just being realistic. I, I know we're making advancements all the time and we're now in the 21st century and all this other stuff. But I don't care if we're in the 1960s or we're almost in the 2020s. There are some things that women women are not physically able to compete in. And I would think football would be one thing. I, I, I'm going to take it one step further. And if women out there that have served your country and they think I'm full of shit, that's fine. But I don't think personally, and I have had a ringside seat in regard to being in a war zone. I was in the first Gulf War, the legitimate Gulf War, when we had when uh, Saudi Arabia uh, uh, went into Kuwait without permission to do so, and that led to our invasion um, and, and led to the Gulf War One under the first Bush father or under the first Bush president, I don't think women should be in combat. I don't think on the front lines. I think the women can do any job that you give them to do. I can even see a woman as a fighter pilot as long as they're dropping bombs. That's sitting there flying an aircraft. But I'm talking about getting into hand-to-hand -hand combat, and I know we're getting away from that now. But again, I just think there are some areas that a woman should not have to worry about doing or i mean a woman can still serve her country in a lot of different ways it just in my opinion doesn't have to be on the front lines well i think that the front lines are all going to be robots soon if you've seen well, some for of the, sure some of the robots how they they don't just walk mechanically they they can kind of run and bounce and jump upstairs and stuff now that they're developing it's crazy right and then uh yeah and you know what the next war is going to be probably decided by the push of a button anyway well, you know what? The thing is, I don't think that usually it's it the wars are, you know, a, a civilized country against an uncivilized one. The number of wars fought between two countries that each have McDonald's is zero. Right. Right. For so sure. I mean it it's civilization versus anti civilization, which usually go on. The rest is just saber rattling and struggling for dominance and, you know, making up for small penises and stuff. So I mean <laughs> so I'm not worried about that. But what I will say about the NHL, for example, I could see I I just get a feeling. I, I really think that at some point we're going to see women in the NHL, not just as goalies either. And if you, let's say you play hockey with no, uh, with no body contact. I went and when I was in Saskatoon on the weekend, I went and watched two of my buddies play hockey, just rec league. There's no, yeah. there's no hitting right. or anything. Like if you're playing there, there's, there's no woman, the reason a woman can't play hockey with you out there with no physical but contact. Aren't you, but aren't you potentially changing the game of hockey, making you know, making, altering the game of hockey to accommodate women playing five on five, four on four, three on three. I think you're changing the integrity of the game. I mean, remember when Manon, I think her name was Manon Rayom, was, she had a couple goals, she had a couple games in goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning back in the late 90s, whenever it was, but she played in an NHL sanctioned game. Yeah, It was preseason, but she played in an NHL sanctioned game. Funny, now 25 years later, whatever it is, we still have not seen anybody replicate that. And if there was anybody from the great two um, women's hockey teams in the United States and Canada, you could see somebody like a Cami Granato for the U.S. side. You could certainly see somebody like a Haley Wickenheiser on the Canadian side 
that would probably be interested in playing in the National Hockey League, especially with the way women's leagues are going down the toilet. I mean, they don't have a lot of places to play anymore. But again, I think you're then interfering with the integrity of the game that's been around a lot longer than any of us have. And ultimately, are you changing the game because, well, maybe the Columbus Blue Jackets have a couple of girls on their team, but they're the only team in the league that has a couple of girls. So is there a set of rules when you play Columbus versus when you play Dallas? Oh, sure. No, like I'm, what I'm saying, though, if you're playing rec league, it doesn't change the game whatsoever. No, I, I get that, but I'm, I'm, I don't give a damn about rec league. If the women want to play in the rec league with those drunken morons, a lot of them, I'm not saying that about your friends. No, it's fine. <laughs> but there's a lot of guys that I know that play rec league hockey here, yeah. and it's just a reason to drink. Oh, yeah, sure. They sure. drink before, they drink in after, they go in, in they have a two-minute intermission, and they're drinking three beers. By the time the game is over, they're hammered. Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, I agree, though, at the NHL level, it... Man, like, it's tough because... Look, I, I like to believe most guys haven't uh, been beating up women in their spare time this whole time, no matter what some of the media would have you believe. Right. But now we're really getting to the point where, you know, domestic abuse is really out in the open, is a big deal, is, uh, you know, it, you, it'll ruin your, you know, career. You, you won't find employment very easily if you get outed as someone who beats up women, right? So that, For sure. To then we finally get to this good point, and there's... You know, there's been collateral damage, I'm sure, but there's been good things about all that getting out in the open. That's great. And I don't want men hitting... I've never hit a woman or anything like that. That's ridiculous, right? So, uh, but then you then... Okay, we're finally to here as a society. Now, guys, go out there and start hitting women. It's well, like, what? Like, we just got past that. And Because, yeah. yeah, I mean... And different guys would be different. I, I heard of a football player one time that... Uh, and we'll get to it, actually. I think it's in Walt's list. But there was a guy who interviewed at a combine... I don't know, 10 or 20 years ago or something. And they asked him why he likes playing football so much. And he said, because it's like hitting bitches. Oh, Jesus. And so that guy, you can imagine, did, yeah. that interview didn't go too well. But so there's guys like that, that if they're playing hockey, they think that this is great. But then you have guys that were raised, like treat women like ladies. You don't sure. want to, you're going to, you're going to hold up against, and that would be tough. Like, I don't know how you navigate that because right. you can't do that. You can't be like, oh, the women just get to skate around and the men can hit each other. You can't right. have that. Right. You can't have them in like red jerseys or something. Right. So it's either treat them the same as the men or don't let them or play. Or don't let them play. And if you treat them the same as the men, that's going to be tough for oh, a lot of God. guys like to, you know, uh, some will try. There's no question. Some will try, and and that would be their right to do so. But once they get, I mean, I don't like continually making fun of Milan uh, Lucic, but he's a he's an easy target. He sees a woman that embarrasses him on the ice. I don't think he gives a damn if it's a woman or a man. The next time he gets a shot to run that person in the boards, he's going to do it. Well, and you, and you, it's not like you can fight them either. That'd no, be, that'd be really ridiculous. Really? But yeah. and I mean, if and they're going to be competitors too. To make it to that level, if if it was like a Haley Wickenheiser or something, she's not going to sit there. Oh, take it easy on me. She's going to say, I want to be treated the same. Like right. hit hit me. Right. Go ahead and hit me. Yeah. I dare you? If you can catch me, hit me. But can right. you see? Oh. Haley Wickenheiser is an accomplished women's hockey player from the highest level. She's mm -hmm. got a bunch of gold medals and a bunch of world championships and congratulations to her. Having said all that, if you get her in a scrum up against the boards, she's going to come out of that scrum blue, bruised, bloodied, and probably pissed off and there's not a damn thing she can do about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be something interesting to navigate. I think we are going to come up against this at some point in some of the big four and it'll be interesting. How about, I mean, baseball, yes, they're, 
the average woman is not as strong as the average man. Correct. But some women are the strongest women or stronger than the weakest men. And I mean, could what about I, I, baseball I, I, or something? I'll throw this to you. If, if Wickenheiser, and I use her because she's an unbelievable athlete, but let's say Wickenheiser is a, is a baseball player and she makes it all the way up through the ranks and all of a sudden she gets the golden ticket to go up to the major leagues. I think she'd be overmatched. Anybody would be overmatched, really, if you're going up against an Araldus Chapman who throws 100-plus. There's Most men in the National League can't get around on an, on an Araldus Chapman fastball. And I know I'm going to the extreme here, but could you imagine, just think about the ramifications, if any, anybody, but especially if it was a, a petiter woman, let's say, Gets in the box against Aroldis Chapman and gets hit by a pitch. That could be devastating. So I think that I don't know if we'll see it in my lifetime. Maybe we will. I don't know. I hope to live another, I don't know, 20 years or so. But I just truly believe that before we start getting to this point, and I think we're probably, I will agree with you that I think we're probably going that direction. But boy, we better have some real set out rules before anything gets started. And you know what becomes the most, you know who becomes the most important persons, persons on these athletic playing fields? The referees. And, and you're, putting, <laughs> you're putting people's athletic careers in the hands of zebras. And we know some zebras aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer. The referees don't have great uh, reputations in any sport, I don't think, right now. Definitely. I'll just say, though, I mean, good for her for winning the uh, World Darts Championship. There's no reason women can't uh, compete with men when it comes to precision like that. So, I mean, look, Pete Rose doesn't have the all-time home run record. Correct. He just doesn't, right? And so no matter how many hits he has. Uh, so, I mean, uh, there's lots of guys who have made a career off of hitting singles, uh, you know, maybe there could be some woman who just has the best eye ha hand eye coordination and can hit a single like nobody's business. Yeah. And it's fat and it runs pretty fast, too. And um, look, I mean, she's not going to be, you know, slower than Kirby Puckett or something. Right. So, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. And there's not a lot of physical contact in baseball, as an example. So I think we're going to start to see it. And I'll tell you some of the I've competed against some fierce women at things, even in phys ed class. Where you know some of these women, like holy moly, they're like they're they're serious, and uh, they could they could take out some of the guys at some of their sports. I, I truly believe the the sport that most women that play this sport that could make inroads into playing with the men might be basketball. Yeah, more precision again. Yeah, precision. But not only that, women are are very good shooters. If you look at a woman's shot, it's technically sound. They're shooting their three points in the WNBA almost as far as the men now are. I think you'd have those precision sports would be probably a little bit more in the forefront versus the more physical sports. Yeah, I guess that's the way I got to I got to finish that. Yeah, there's no way to play basketball and be super physical without cheating. I mean, or fouling for sure. Right, you can't just you know walk up and hit people. So uh, there's no to me there's no reason that a woman couldn't be an elite shooter. Of a basketball. I don't well, see why she couldn't. And I agree with that. And, you know, Becky Hammond, we all know her oh, as the lead assistant yeah. to Greg Popovich in San Antonio. Uh, she's recently come out and said, listen, I'd take the New York Knicks job in a New York heartbeat if they give me guaranteed five-year contract so they can, I can implement my system and I can do what I need to do 
you know, because the last couple of coaches in New York haven't even got, let the seat get warm and they got fired. Well, Becky Hammond is really but smart. What I'm saying is, if I'm sorry, but if you bring on as a woman as a coach in the NBA, then alt- automatically there's going to be some pushback from women's groups that want players then, female players in the NBA. You watch. Well, that's... but. To me, that's fine. As I mean, there. Look, it's a free market, and teams need to win. And teams, teams can maybe take on a woman here and there, but they can't be completely incompetent. They have to get good women on oh, there, sure. or else it's just it's gonna it's counterproductive to women. Other than saying one woman played in the NBA briefly or something, other than that first one breaking the the barrier, they have to be careful because it's counterproductive to put right. someone who's not good. There'd be so much pressure on uh, the first woman to play in the NBA, it would be immense. You can't just get someone in there and make them look bad. It just is bad for everybody on all sides. So Becky Hammond is smart because she realizes, number one, the pressure that would be on her as the first female head coach. Especially in New York. Yeah, and number two, that some people, especially James Dolan, might uh, have some sort of knee-jerk reaction if things weren't going well and then might just use her as a scapegoat and be really easy to scapegoat her. And then she looks bad and then women look bad and then it sets everything back another 10 years or whatever so yeah it, it's something that everyone has to struggle with and I think that uh, I, I don't see any uh, ill intentions on any side here but uh, you know anyone who has thought this through would love to see a woman succeed in a sport where it doesn't cause the men to have to you know not hit them so it just ruin, it ruins the the integrity of the game completely well but something like basketball I, I think we're gonna see it soon and and whoever makes it to the NBA as a woman is probably going to be a really damn good player well you're gonna have to be like Elisa Leslie or Candace Parker those are two players that I know uh, Don Staley is another one are, are three awesome awesome female basketball players that have played you know at high levels of the WNBA but they are going to have and first of all I think the first thing that they would have to do is probably wear something in their ears and I don't mean that as a joke but there are going to be a lot of idiots out there that don't want to see progression like this and they're just going to razz these girls to no end because a they're mental midgets and they're morons and I just think they've got to be they've got to have thick skin not only have to, you know it's going to take a special woman basketball player to do this first of all she's going to have to be able to play first of all. And second of all, she's going to have to have unbelievably thick skin because there's a lot of, you know, leadheads out there that won't agree with what we're talking about right now. There might be the odd fan or something, but I'm going to tell you right now, we society has changed a lot in the last few years. And I think you're not going to, you're going to see very little of of like a player speaking out or something like that in the NBA, they're all going to be very supportive. And I think most of them would be very sincere about that. If you get some hillbilly from who, who you know, you know, some backwater jerkwater town who comes out and says, I don't really like it. Like he's, he's not good. That's not going to go very well for him. Like it's not going to make her look bad. It's going to make him look bad. And that's all there is to it. So we're, we're getting into some interesting times. I know we ended up going long on that one. So I'll just, we'll just do one more. Sure. If I wanted to wrap it up here. Uh, I just had to say this one. So, um, <laughs> hyper vocal at hyper vocal. Missouri church leader tried to pay for sex on Grinder with an Arby's gift card, and uh, so Grinder is gay Tinder, is it what? Oh, is that what it is? Grinder is gay Tinder. Oh, well, what? I mean, I'm sure this is the first time some old white church leader from the South has ended up being gay. I'm sure that's never happened. Never before. happened, Jerry Falwell. Yeah, exactly. Well, all list all of them. <laughs> but uh, I just love the Arby's gift card part for for gay sex on Grinder. And then Matt Oswalt, who's the brother of comedian Patton Oswalt. Matt Oswalt at Matt Oswalt VA. 
In all fairness to him, both Grinder and Arby's claim to have the meats. <laughs> I don't need to say anything. That's that's wonderful stuff. I I do like Patton Oswalt. I, I listen to him a lot on my Sirius in the car, but uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, Arby's, we have the meats. Um, after one of the most interesting Freeform Fridays we've had in a long time, we do have to run on this 439th episode of Unscripted. As always, we thank you for listening in and hope that you certainly continue to do so. Having said all that, um, I do want to wish all of you, depending on Chris and my schedule, if we don't get another chance before the big day, as we're seven days away from Christmas, uh, I do want to take the time to wish Chris and his family and my family, the ones that are still talking to me, I wish all of you a very, and all of you out there, obviously, in unscripted land, a very happy and merry and safe holiday season, or Merry Christmas, and uh, look forward to speaking with you again, if not later in this year, certainly in the new year. We thank you all very, very much. Merry Christmas, and as the cows on the milk commercials used to say, Happy Moo Year. (laughs) We got to run for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke. I'm Mike Jansen. We may see you next year. Until next time, bye-bye.